This is Just In Our Minds, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. Today, I wanted to talk about and deeper into the idea of awareness. Like, where we take awareness and some of the ideas of how, like, say, well, if I'm talking about my business, uh, we have to have awareness and realize where we're taking things or what what things were lacking by that I mean say like I said say take my business we're taking uh, the meal prepping companies if I don't produce the amount of meals necessary to get me to the next level I might not necessarily put it out there in the in my subconscious mind to get to that level like you we I notice I'll get my let myself get into these comfortable states subconsciously are making X amount of meals instead of uh, starting to make the amount to get you to the next goal and having extras made or you know you have two down weeks and then you catch those negative thoughts or those thoughts of being a little more okay with things not hitting those next goals or uh, subconsciously sabotaging yourself thinking oh man well is this even worth it is it even worth it anymore to keep this going? Um, or having the circle, your circle around you, like having certain people. I'm a firm believer in maintaining friendships across the board, but make sure that you have the friends necessary to help get you to the next level. If you have these friends that are still stuck in the past or still stuck in the ways uh, that self-sabotage yourself, or they're just doing uh, things that aren't in alignment with your goals or where you're going, uh, those can be considered anchors. And the boat's not going at full bore. You're not going to get those knots out of a boat that has anchors down, and especially multiple anchors. And this was something I was just thinking about while listening to the audiobook. Um, of 50, one of 50 Cent's newest ones. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. And my phone's downstairs. I'm upstairs uh, in the, you know, getting the studio figured out. Uh, and then I had, and, and, and even the, so even the thought of, in, in a whole lot, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll backtrack. Um, still, so it, we're going deeper into like the idea of environment. So, and friends can be that environment too. You can have these friends. I, I'm not saying just eliminate all your friends. But maybe start hanging out with some of the people uh, that are a positive role models to you that are going to help level you up. So if you're not creating the product, if you're not envisioning the product, and you're not taking the steps necessary to become that greater person or to level up your, your company or uh, whatever, your relationship, if you're not working on those specific things and incorporating all that's necessary, even if it is 1% gr uh, better per day, but if you're not incorporating these aspects into your life, you're going to come up short every fucking time, or you're going to end up back where you were uh, because of the relationships or the friendships or the lack of knowledge leaning towards or looking at things from an outside perspective. So to have a car... A sports car or to have a premium running vehicle 
you're going to need to upgrade the parts eventually. Uh, you're going to make sure to maintain general maintenance. You're going to need a fuel that's higher in octane. And, you know, you're going to have to probably put some modified parts on the son of a gun. But all these things are going to help lead you in the direction. Now, I'm not saying leave friends high and dry that are loyal. If you have loyal friends that are loyal to the game and that you guys have different viewpoints on life or uh, they're not like following the same pathway that you are, keep those friends. Like, honestly, if they're, if they're loyal to you and they're good people, keep those friends. Everybody has their vices. Don't just, you know, I'm not telling you to lose all your friends. But if you see your friends and they keep having bad habits and they're not doing what they need to be doing and you feel as and you realize that they are more anchors uh, than they are sales and by sales I don't mean like sales like business sales I mean like S-A-I-L-S sales so if they're not helping you catch wind uh, to get to your next target and they're just kind of stagnant in the pond and they're not part of the river that's flowing and structured and uh, moving then you might want to back off that friendship a little bit. Now, moving this into business, if you're not taking it to the next step, and I, I'm talking, like I said, any of these stories, I'm not just reaching out and looking at you. I'm looking at me, and I'm talking. Imagine me talking to myself in the mirror some of these times, too. And I, when I give myself these mental pep talks, and I, I, feel, I feel that inspiration, I'm going to hop on the microphone. For a little while, I wasn't doing this because I was listening to the wrong people. Yeah, I was listening to the right people about audio engineering and different things like that. But also, some of these people, and I will say, there it's just a couple people. They wanted, they were telling me I need way more structure and blah blah blah, which is cool. I respect their opinion, but that's not why I also started a podcast. I have these ideas, and I feel like some of these ideas are the ones that inspire, and they're kind of off the cuff. Um, don't get me wrong. I want the sound quality to be perfect, but I don't want everything necessarily to always be structured. If I have this idea that comes to mind, I'm going to put something out there just so I can get more content out there. I get better on the microphone daily. And that's just something, you, you know, you got to be mindful of who you're paying attention to and why. Uh, should I listen to these sound engineers and different people that run podcasts and own their own and their own, their own, their own, their, their own producer and whatnot? Definitely. But take everything anybody ever says with a grain of salt. So figure out how that, and don't take, don't take everybody's word as gospel. You're creating your own fucking religion daily. That's the way this works. You are your own individual. You have your own life experiences. Don't let your ego get too big um, and, and listen. But you don't always have to implement what everybody else is saying or telling you. I've, that's been one of my biggest downfalls. It is, you try to listen to too many people, even my therapist was telling me, you know, the, the number one person I think you need to start listening to Justin is yourself. And, you know, I've been trying to do that more, but just be mindful. So I was hesitant to put out more stuff like this, but honestly, the, the stuff I get the best response on from people are these, are these non-structured, um, 
journeys through whatever this is, like whether this is my higher self, uh, some sort of, you know, God or whoever speaking through me, whoever, whatever you want to believe in the universe. I like saying the universe, but I have, when you have that idea or that inspiration, either write it down, jot it down. Or for me, I'm verbally throwing it out there. I feel like a lot of this turns into verbal alchemy and that's where I'm going with these things. But anyways, getting back to, uh, the environment and awareness of who you are as a person and how you can come or create a better version of yourself. And that's where a lot of these, and that's what I'm always thinking for the most part. Um, I have been a lot better at loving myself for who I am and not who I'm trying to be. Um, but yeah, creating structure around, or at least awareness is the first thing, uh, you know, that, that works with um, eliminating bad habits or even seeing like if you have a problem a lot of people I'll ask them what are three things that they appreciate about themselves and most people can't give me three things so awareness can help with bad habits but it also can help with developing good habits or bringing awareness to these good habits that you have so if you can jump out and see a a third-party perspective of you as a person and see where your flaws are, maybe where the steps that need to be taken to get to that next level. I do believe that structure is huge, but you don't always need structure and everything, or maybe guidelines. I'd say having structural guidelines are great, but be okay and be ready to get punched in the face, uh, metaphysically and physically. And just to have the skills necessary or the awareness to adapt to whatever situation or to learn to move into a new environment or create a new environment that's going to benefit us all in the long run. Now, the, one of the first places and one of, one of the things that I, I remind myself every morning and I, I try to throw out a little more gratitude there. Because I always feel like my demons are awake before me. And when I wake up, uh, negative thoughts, not every day, but for a long time, it was most of the days. I could be in, it, it, it was heavy. And that's one of the reasons why I go to the gym so early every morning. But, oh, dang it, I lost my train of thought there. So, yeah, I lost it. Anyways, um, yeah, I just, I just want... To make try to make sure that when I'm inc like incorporating these new um, these new ideas or these like bettering my environment around me and meant oh there we go so mentally it when you start the first place that we always have to water and create a better output is through our mind the day you start making sure that you're reinforcing your external environment. Uh, internally, those 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 mental plants that you have planted seeds for, you're watering. So always make sure to start internally with positive self-talk and, and and creating awareness um, for all of these habits. Now I think that's going to be it. I kind of feel the inspiration uh, dwindling a little bit, so. Have a wonderful day and thanks for listening. I believe in each and every one of you. Just remember to believe in yourself. 
As much as you work out, you must work in. This is Justin, and let's try to stay out of our minds. How's it going, everybody? We're doing another uh, podcast, Just In Our Minds, here with my buddy, Brian. What's up, everybody? So we're doing a cross, we're doing a cross pollination right now. So we're going to basically be interviewing each other on our lives and uh, tidbits in between there. So nice. it's been a minute, been setting up a podcast studio. I've uh, been focusing on uh, meal prepping companies and making sure those are running well and people are getting fed spiritually and uh, physically. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of work, right. my man. Yeah. You've been putting a lot of work into this. I know. There's a lot. A it's, lot of work. And I, I realized I stretched myself way too thin. I'm like, well, if someone's my friend, Josh, I'll, I'll introduce, he has the Adapt Alphas podcast. He was like, bro, I've been doing this for 12 years. He was <laughs> like, you started a company and a podcast the same year, and then you have all these other things. He's like, it's wild that you even tried that. And I was like, I just, stretch, you know, I was like, oh man, it's my first day as a pilot. I'm going to, I'm going to fly in this storm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, it's a stretch. Like I was talking today about doing what we can't, right? Like everybody says, just do what you can, do what you can. Don't worry about, it. oh, you're not feeling it. Well, just do what you can. But dude, doing what we can is why we get stuck. Dude, the stretch that you're making, man, doing what you can't. Yeah. That's what drives the, that's what drives the progress. I know that it, I mean, it is, it is, but you have to, you have to gauge that percentage. Cause if you're True. doing like in jujitsu, you know, you got to take a breath. So I'm like, what is the least likely thing that's going to make me money today? And I was like, okay, it's a podcast. So I backed off of that. And then I, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's awareness. What is the thing that's not the most expensive that's not going to work out? That's the way I looked at it. I was like, okay, out of these things, online coaching, meal prepping, all that stuff. But I agree. So there's this book called Atomic Habits. And Atomic Habits, have you read it? Yeah. You got to be 1% better. Just be 1% better than you were yesterday. The only competition you have is yourself. And maybe the guy squat next to you, but then you get injured. You know what I'm talking about? Like when I seen your 405, I'm like, God. In the back of my head, I think of you and my buddy Drew, and I'm like, I gotta squat heavier. But then I also don't think I'm like, hey asshole, you're you're 189 pounds. Yeah. You're 190 pounds. They're they're bigger than you. You don't yeah. need to do that. But you know, like, it's it's finding finding what you what your main you know because you can fall off the path. You, oh, yeah. you know, you could try 100% every day. You're doing what you can't, but if you're doing the wrong things and you can't do it, and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what, I'm, what I mean by that is actually giving it a try. Exactly. Trying. For Make, longer than making, a day, too. Yeah, making the attempt. The, the problem is, is we get in these positions, we get in these spots where we're so comfortable doing what we can. That's what our programming is. The programming for years and years and years and years. Oh, well, just do what you can, do what you can. But we never make the attempts. And it's like, well, gosh, I am going to have to. I mean, weightlifting is a perfect um, is a perfect example of this, right? Weightlifting, we can apply it to lots of different things. But let's just take weightlifting because we like weightlifting. But um, weightlifting is a great example of this because if you never tried, say you, say you worked your way up. You worked your way up to, you know, two plates and a 35. And... You want to get to three plates. You're just sitting there at two plates and a 35. You're just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and you just, and you never, a lot of times we just don't make the attempt. We don't, we're afraid to fail. 100%. And that's the problem, dude, is we, if we sit there and we're afraid to fail, and we're just afraid to fail. You're failing every day. I know. <laughs> You're just the it's worst like, kind of failure. Yeah. It's like, so, I mean, yeah. Have I just, you heard, 
if you ever watch what is his name thomas de blau i think is his last name um he does a podcast online uh or apparently uh on i see it on youtube it's like has like blue stuff thomas de blau he's the guy that started uh quest oh i think i don't know if i've ever heard of him he has some really good stuff you'd like his stuff but he talks about like and i know it's not originally his but it talks about like going to heaven and the like you meeting yourself and you accomplished all the things you could at your highest standard that's cool and that's 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 who you are in heaven like you've meet the stand you like you're not saying you need standards but being like like tackling all your the hardest goals and living your truest self and doing all the things and you go there and you meet that person and this version of hell is you meet yourself in your two percent of what you could have been <laughs> and you meet the person that could have been and that's that's the version of, oh. then you have to live in that oh it's the worst right oh it's the worst oh man so yeah dude i think that's why we vibe like we're just i, I mean i can see you pushing your pushing yourself really hard you know like you telling me about how you built this meal prepping company over the course of a year out of my buddy out of my buddy's kitchen out of your buddy's kitchen you i wasn't even having your hair. own kitchen no out of your buddy's kitchen yeah because i didn't even live here i was gonna move and then that's, i decided to make it try it out that's stretching yourself. first week i made over 200 bucks yeah. <laughs> like first day that's freaking stretching yourself yeah. that's cool so but i mean what what got you to this point like why what what made it so that you why do you have the the mindset of stretching yourself or why what got you started on this? Because I was a person that lived below my means. I uh, I was a local celebrity in my hometown type of deal. And that's not trying to be a narcissist or toot my own horn. I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. And um, I built that, you know, like I was... Where was... Where did you uh, Lompoc, California. Oh, okay. So it's a place... It's it's near Santa Barbara. It's in Santa Barbara County. So southern. Um, yeah. Right. So, like, just being there, it's easy to get, like, egotistical because, like, you know, the girls, this, the that, it's all there all the time. And, you know, like you can be uh, big in a small place, you know, big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And I, but I was, I was, I, I my brothers and everybody that I know that were male, uh, they were all toxic in their own right. I mean, they tried, but they drank a lot. They did a lot of substances, different things like that. So they, their idea of masculinity is uh, beating people up and talking shit about people and just uh, you know all these things and they, they weren't living their best life so i grew up around a lot of people that would never see their true potential because they always settled for less and they, they settled for perpetual pleasure seeking yeah. and like they're heavy like my brother's heavy affiliated with the hell's angels and we'll just say affiliated and uh so he you know they used to push drugs and stuff like that for him and uh different things and so i grew up around that stuff so i I didn't have self-worth because I wasn't created around a culture uh, in, that had self-worth. Like it wasn't sports, nothing, uh, very introverted people um, and people that complained a lot about a lot of things <laughs> over time. Um, so what got me out here was 2012, uh, it was 2011. Um, You've been out here for since that long. 2012, yeah. Dang. I know. Um, but I... Uh, I did some psychedelics with my friends, and I was an alcoholic at the time, and I had an injury, so I wasn't working. I was on work Vince Comp, 
my idea of work was just construction, doing all these things, and that's what that's what it was to be a man. You know, like you work construction, you come home, you drink with the boys on the weekends, type of deal. But drinking with the boys turned into Thursday through Sunday because I didn't graduate on high school on time. I didn't like I didn't apply myself like all the way through. Like I was I was scared to fail. So even in math class or something like that, I'd just be like too intimidated to ask questions. So I would just shut up. Yeah. And I think it's in the culture of like teaching kids how to uh, talk and walk. And then telling them how to shut the fuck or tell them to shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. Yeah. Um, so I, when I would ask questions a lot of times, um, I would be told to shut up, whether it was family members or whoever. Like if they didn't like the question, they wouldn't have an emotional intelligence answer. They would just tell me to shut up or they'd smack me or something. Yeah. So uh, over time, like getting bullied and stuff like that, like I had solid boxing skills since I was a little kid because my uncle and grandpa both own boxing academies. That's cool. But uh, one day my parents told me not to fight anymore because I was, through elementary school, I was one of the only white kids in my school. So every day I would get into fights uh, for my skin color. Yeah. And uh, so I stopped fighting, but then I internalized it and I started belittling myself because of it. And that's when I think the negative, uh, that and some of my closest friends and family members being at a young age, we all bullied each other. And that was like the thing, like it was like yeah, survival of the fittest. It was, yeah. But unfortunately I had a lot of bullies and then I became the bully, you know, later on. But I, I think that's where it started is I just was ne like my, my hundred percent was like my 2% now, well, you know, like I just didn't apply myself at, at all. And then 2012 or 2000, uh, two, I say 2000, the end of 2010, early 2011, I think it was six months we decided I moved out here on August 15th in 2012, but I just like, we did some psychedelics and some, uh, some other substances and went to EDC and I realized I just like had this epiphany. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Cool. I got to get out of this town. And it scared me and freaked me out, but I was like, there's nothing here for me. And my buddies talked me into it and I ended up moving to Springville. Really? Mm -hmm. Dude. And then psychedelics again, not saying you need psychedelics or anything. I don't think they're for everybody. Uh, I got lucky and I was in a place where it worked. So I, I had a, a trip on this stuff called, uh, it's a research chemical, so it's RC. It's um, an analog of uh, LSD. Okay. And so what that, it's called N-bombs. It's like N-E-O-M-Bs or whatever, but it's a... Uh, Anyways, so I had this vision, long, like, 13-hour vision. I was, like, left my body type. My body was just walking back and forth Dude. for, like, hours. And I was off in, like, the astral realm. But basically told me that I was chosen uh, to help the world. And I watched the world decay and disappear. And then, like, little flowers started popping up. Little plants started popping up. I was outside barefoot in the snow for 30 minutes, and I was fine. It was <laughs> wild. Like, my feet barefoot, just in ankle-deep snow. That's and uh, it, and and just looking off into the horizon, and that's where it started. So then I was at this house for six months, and it wasn't the best house for me in Springville with my buddies and stuff. They were, you know, smoking a lot of weed, do a lot of things, and I was like, "That's it, I'm done. I'm moving out." And then I moved out, and I changed my diet, started doing paleo and all this stuff, and then nice. just start. That's where my that's where my real fitness journey started. That's fantastic. And so that was in 2012. Yeah, because I start. So, I've worked out for a long time since I was like 17. Yeah, but, you've always been in yeah, fitness. Yeah. So what was it about, I mean, you've been on paleo ever since. Uh, yeah. Or a form yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a clean, exactly. And it's just been getting cleaner and cleaner. Now it's like a modified version of carnivore that's based off my genetics. Cool. Do you have the, have you heard of this MTHFR gene? Have you heard of that? Uh, yes, but I'm not super familiar with the I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah. I'm not either. I know that my sister was just telling me about it. And I'm not exactly, I don't know enough to speak about it. So, 
but um, but yeah, I know that if you eat for your if you eat for your genes, you you give yourself so much more advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so much more advantage, and like overcoming overcoming bad genes like i believe we can overcome bad genes yeah bad genetics in my opinion are just a slip up in um or a miss a misstep in uh uh, deficiencies so there's like a mineral or vitamin deficiency it could last for for eons in in a family that's because it was never corrected so that junk dna that you have because originally it shows what three strands of dna but we have like 26 total and they just don't know what the other stuff is. And I think part of that is like, you can inherit a mineral deficiency. Yeah. All kinds of weird crap that our ancestors did that just carried on through into us. And that's what I tell, yeah. whatever your ancestors ate to survive, that's what you're gonna thrive off of, nine yeah. times out of 10. Cause that's what kind of enzymes you have that are developed in your stomach that you could break down. Cause yeah. me and you can eat the same exact thing and have different results. And dude, look at, so the last 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, whatever it is, the amount of Twinkies and Ho-Hos and all these packaged, packaged like cakes mm-hmm. and type stuff. Processed. Our ancestors never ate, never no. ate that. Mm-hmm. So and look at the situation we're getting into. I was looking at some stats. This is wild, dude. I was looking at some stats over the last, I think since 1950, and the obesity rate and the, over, and the, and the rate at which people are getting overweight it's astounding, dude. You look at the you look at the charts. It's getting ready to be eighty percent, dude. And and it's because all of these foods that our ancestors never ate are now introduced to us, and like the high amounts of sugar and refined carbs and all of this all of this stuff that we never used to eat is now like commonplace. And not only commonplace, but it's becoming more and more uh more and more common right so look at the, look what's happening to us yeah the light everything the fluorescent lighting yeah, the, yeah. the blue lights on the screen plastics the yeah the lack of movement oh. uh so i think if everybody even if they had a shitty diet i mean don't get me wrong shitty the diet is 80 percent, like 75 to 80 percent of being shredded or being feeling good uh, you're, you have over 10,000 neurons in your stomach. That's tech, a lot of people think this is your first brain. That's where a lot of those neurochemicals, yeah. the feel-good chemicals are actually created, like serotonin, stuff well, like that. The, it's creating your gut. And the vagus gut. nerve going through yeah. your stomach right to your yep. brain. Your vagal nerve, yep, all the way up. Yeah. Being able to stimulate that properly. Uh, like Graham Hancock says, uh, he, uh, he talks about we're a society of amnesia and we've lost a lot of what we, like, because we have all these we have all these imaginary stressors nowadays, like the imaginary stressor of time and money, and uh, they're real to us, but you know, in real life, like they're just, they're a, made up. They're made up. Like, yeah. yeah, if you go spend four days in the wilderness, it's not gonna be a, you know, you're not gonna be thinking about your credit score. Yeah, the closer you get to the basic, basic survival, the more you forget about mm-hmm. all of this other nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. And, it's a there's just so many things that uh, definitely processed foods is number one thing that i think people should hit and then just being able to move more because a lot of people have sit down jobs even myself like even just being home more yeah and not walking around like i did i was i i put on like three percent body fat sitting is the new smoking yeah exactly sitting is is the new smoking dude have you heard that uh i i think so my buddy was saying that the other day i was like that's true that's too true Mm mm-hmm 
Sitting is the new smoking. So, I mean, like, we have to get some kind of movement in every day. Every day. Around meals, too. One of the best things to do is take a walk. After. And after. After. Uh, uh, Before, too. I mean, whatever you can do to, you know, it's just wild that people don't move and they continuously fill up their gas tank, even though their gas is full. People eat because they're bored. People eat because they're, you know, they're not moving in general. They want that dopamine rush. Yeah, exactly. They want that Twinkie for that dopamine rush, Mm -hmm. dude. Shoot, man. It's, it's sad. It's sad what we, what we have done to ourselves. Right. But that's why, and here's the thing too, Justin, like I, I believe it's a major purpose for us to help people reverse some of this stuff. If you look at these trends, these trends are outrageous. Like the amount that the intensity that these rates are going up, the obesity rate is going up. Dude, I just fear for us over the next 10 years. Like, what are we gonna look like in 10 years? And it's super hard, and I mean, if we, won't, we won't drop too deep into like, you know, the whole COVID blah, 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 but it's hard to listen. It's wild too, because we listen to people that are physically unhealthy about health a lot of the I times. Know. Look and at the health czar for the United uh, States. Yeah, I know, apparently we're not doctors, so like there are gonna be a lot of things that they know that we don't, but a, a good, my buddy that's MD, I asked him, how much nutrition knowledge do you have? He said two weeks. There you go. He's like, they gave us about two weeks worth. There of, you go. And, and two, because he, he talks to me about my stuff. Like he asked me about things, you know, yeah. like he's like, hey, what do you think about this or this? Or have you tried this for his clients? You know, like, so he, have, he bounces ideas off of people like myself and other people, you know, look how you much, don't have enough. Look how much application you've done since age 17 or yeah. whatever, whenever you started working mm-hmm. out, whenever you got yeah. s- started to get serious about your, about using nutrition to maintain your, or increase your performance or make better your performance. I mean, you've been at it for how many years? You know, 15 at least. Specialized Solid. knowledge, dude. Yeah. Specialized knowledge. All of those books that you've read, all of those, everything, dude, all of that stuff that you've put into, that you've read and then put into practice. Exactly. And like, ap- applied. Applied. Dude, it's not that, book knowledge, just book smarts. That is the specialized knowledge that in the US, well, I would venture to say in the Western world, we are craving that because we know, we know when we look in the mirror and we see what we are, dude, you can't deny that the conscience tells you that that ain't right. You can't exactly. deny that. Mm-hmm. Dude, the conscience speaks to you and says and tells you you were made for more than this right we can't deny that if we look in the mirror and we see a fat slob the conscience will tell you right and so in my opinion dude and i believe that the western world and so many countries throughout the world need this type of information and and not from a dude that's a a doctor that's not like you said, had two weeks of nutrition exactly. information. And they have, don't get me wrong, most doctors know a ton of great shit, apparently. You know, like, the, I think we need the Western Eastern blend. Yeah. You know, like, we can't just shut down, because I, I see a lot of people shutting down doctors completely, and I'm like, no, 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 it's just, you know, it's not their wheelhouse. Like, I'm not gonna come to you for strike training. You know, if I want basketball or like bodybuilding or something like that, I'm gonna come to you, you know? Or, fun, you know, like, whatever. But, you know, and you're not going to come to me for basketball advice, you know? Yeah. And I think that I agree. And it, it does get to me. It's just like, 
Wait, what? Who are you listening to? The guy that has a gut bigger than his butt? Like, right. Yeah, dude, no. And, no. and, and it sucks, too, because it's like a religion. The ideologies circled around... Uh, and the egos, well, I have 14 years of uh, <laughs> schooling, you know, and I have $400,000 worth of debt. So that's why I'm, I'm correct. And like, it's you hard got, for, you got all this knowledge, to, bro. You got all this knowledge, but where's your application? Yeah. All that. And they have so much ego behind it that maybe they're not right in one aspect, but they can't admit it. Same thing. Like yeah. you can't fail. Cause you put so much effort into it. It's like all the science right now. That's like, they just all. A lot of them bullshit each other because, or they're they're scared to admit something's wrong or right. And then ten years later, you find out that that was it was it was put on the back burner because they they couldn't be wrong in the public eye. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So it's it's just funny, dude. Like, so in my case, I mean, I was I don't know if you've seen what I what I was before. I I've, I've seen that. Okay, so I I got I got really fascinated into this. I got really, really fascinated by nutrition when I was uh, 37, right? So um, I'm 41 now. So I got just this, yeah, it, it became an obsession, right? So, and what got me going was... What, can I ask? Yeah. What what derailed you first? And oh, then transition into yeah. what, Dude, it what was, got you it going? Was, here was the thing. And this was what happens to a lot of men. This is what happens to a lot of us, right? Is we get so busy. In my case, anyways, I got four kids, right? I'm married, four kids, um, busy professional, right? Um, doing everything I possibly can to maintain my family and to bring up my family. And, you know, and, and it just it happens to, to pretty much a lot of dudes that are in this situation, right? So what derailed me was, and, and it happened ever so slightly, right? It just little by little everything kind of my health it did it i took no concern took no concern for my health right it just always got put on the back burner oh i got all these other different fires to put out my health my health can wait right all of these little things that i had to do work school when i was younger you know in my 20s school um got married my wife um we had our start having our first kids so my kids all of these things Increased, increased spend income, or like you know, your oh, income yeah. doesn't always match your your spending. Yeah, and I mean, for every kid's ten grand a year or whatever. Tons you know? of different stuff going yeah. on, right? So basically, what happened was um, I just put it all on the back burner, dude. Until thirty seven, dude, age thirty seven, I, I go to have my annual with my with my doctor, um, cool doctor, Doctor Peterson over here in the uh, uh, Rose Canyon Clinic. Okay. Um, but, and he's kind of jacked. Like he's kind of, he's a little bit, he's not, I wouldn't say he's jacked, but he's in good shape. Yeah. You know, he's in he good. Understands. Yeah. He understands. He, he has more than two weeks of nutrition. Yeah. He's in good, he's yeah. in good shape. Right. And he's probably in his fifties. Okay. So I go to have my annual and I respect this doctor. I respect him. I go to have my annual and um, <clears throat> he starts doing the physical. He starts doing all this stuff. And then we start talking about my weight. Right. And at this time. Um, at this time I was, I was soft, like I was super soft, big old belly, skinny arms, uh, skinny legs, like quintessential pre-diabetic body. I mean, if you look at some of my pictures, you can see, dude, you can see I was pre-diabetic, right? I was just soft, no muscle, no muscle and a big old belly, right? 
So uh, what happened was he said, Brian, and, and you know, he, he went through all of this stuff. Um, he, uh, he grabbed the BMI chart, which, I mean, the BMI chart can be used. It's, it's useful in, in a lot of ways, but sometimes it's not useful. Yeah, exactly. But um, <clears throat> he grabbed the BMI chart. And in, my, in this case, in this situation, it was useful. 100%. Like when you're way overweight, it, yeah. I think it's useful. It's yeah. when you start getting into better and better shape and your height and your weight doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. So he grabbed the BMI chart. He goes down to my age, 37. He goes over to my height, right? And then he tells and he looks at my weight, right? And he says, right now, you are at a 29.8 BMI. He says, you are 0.2 away from being categorized as obese. And that right there, that right there was like, it really hurt. Like that right there was, I never considered myself an overweight person. Not like less obese, right? Never considered myself an obese person, never. And so when he told me that, and when he showed me that, and he, and and he gave me the, the, the numbers. He gave me the hard truth, right? It was painful. I can't say it any other way. It hurt. And he's so cool, man. He, he, he put his hand on my shoulder. Right? He's like, and he said, he said something that still rings in my ear. Like, it, to this day, it still rings in my ear. He said, Brian, you're going to run into some problems that could be avoided if you do something about it now. And that just, boom, Ooh, hit me. Yeah, you're like. <laughs> knocked me out, dude. It knocked me out. It was a cold knockout, dude. And it was like, okay, all right. And so he, he challenged me, you know. He challenged me. And he said, uh, six months. Let's talk again in six months. And he gave me a blueprint right he gave me some stuff to do he gave me some nutrition stuff to look at he gave me some training some exercise stuff to look at and uh and then um i i freaking did the blueprint right i did it and i got really obsessed with the nutrition piece like i got really fascinated by by the whole nutrition piece and um it didn't all it didn't happen all at once right I, I went back six months later and had had done pretty well um but it took me it took me about 10 months really to lose the 60 it was like 60 pounds i was overweight and it's hard too when you start losing that first water retention stuff like that you start seeing pounds come off and you're like fuck yeah but then I'm you get it. to like month three or four and you're like these numbers are not coming off the way they were before yeah but they can they still can depending on your caloric deficits and stuff like that that's why yeah. stuff like Wes Watson stuff works so well because so and, and so I, I lost the weight it took me about 10 months to go down 60 pounds you know and um, and then the rest was like okay this right here this right here is the fountain of youth for men nearing middle age this is it. Watch your nutrition and get your ass in shape. Get your ass training every day or, you know, some kind of movement every day, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and, and the big thing too, Justin, the, you know what the driving thing was for me? 
the major driving thing for me was when I grew up, right? I grew up with a dad who suffered from mental illness, right? Um, all kinds of different mental illnesses. Same. He was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could never really get it under control. Uh, and it was really detrimental to our family. I was the, I'm the youngest of 10 kids. And, and having dad be in this situation where he could never get a handle on his mental capacities. And not knowing who you're going to get some days, you know, like and yeah. just expecting the worst every day. Yeah. You got to walk on eggshells and shit. You know, and, and so for me, like when I became a dad, gosh, that was such a driving factor. The second I learned I was going to be a dad, it was massive motivation for me. It's a weird uh, switch, right? Because I oh, had yeah. a, I, I'm not a dad, but I had a time where I thought one of my girlfriends was pregnant. Like she thought she was too. And uh, that uh, there was like a weird, like, oh, no more fucking around. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, this is serious. But for me, I was like 20 one or something you know so like it was even it was weird dude so the second you the second i learned that i was going to be a dad the second i learned i was going to be a dad um it no longer my life was no longer mine right it was mine but it was also the baby's it was also my life's my my life is belongs to them it belongs to me, obviously, also, but it belongs to them as well. So, um, so the thing was at this time when I was getting really getting into this, I said, okay. So, uh, I learned. I learned from my dad's situation. I'm completely destroying the uh, the um, the cycle, dude. Breaking the cycle because he he had mental illness in his parents. Yeah, right. It's generational, generational mm-hmm. type stuff. I said, no, nope. cycle ends with me. Broke it down, completely destroyed it. Right, and I said, part of me destroying this bad cycle is I'm not gonna let myself go physically because I know when you let yourself go physically, you let yourself go mentally. There's no two buts about it, dude. If you let yourself go physically, you're letting yourself go mentally. That's just how it is. Mental toughness, or I'm sorry, physical strength is mental strength. I mean, is there any way to say it? Any way else to say it? So I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be mentally, uh, I'm not going to let myself weaken me- mentally. It, and on that, it's scary too when you do see stuff from your parents. Like oh, even when out. it does happen, Absolutely. you know, like those triggers yeah. that you're like, where the did this come from? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh yeah. Cause in, or you'll go back around your parents, something like that. And you <laughs> see that and you're like, mother fuck. Cause I do this when I get excited. My dad does this. My nephews do it now. Each one yeah. of them all the way down the line. There was a time where all of us were excited to go somewhere when I was visiting. My dad walks out like this. I, do, I was doing this. And then my nephews were doing that. I'm like, well, that's going to be a forever thing. <laughs> it's just our tribes, right? It's just how we are in our, in our tribe. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when the chief isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So the chief's always at war in his own head. Yeah. So I said, okay, um, I'm going to, and this, this was a big aha for me as well was, um, I said, you know, I'm going to be for my kids what I always wished my dad was for me. Right. 
I'm going to give them the man that I always needed. I'm going to be for them what I needed most. And that was a major driving force, right? Um, and I said, I'm going to live. See, here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing. Most dads, most dads are, will say, oh, gosh, I'll die for my kids. I'll die for my family. I will die for them, right? But what about living for them? 100%. What about living for them? You know, instead of coming home from work, rotting on the couch with your ice cream and your not being selfish with your pleasure habits so then they don't have that issue later on do you want do you want that i'd say that to my sister you know here and there i'm like hey i know you can't get a grasp on it but imagine them yeah picking up the same habits that you have that are making you the way you are you know exactly dude we're creating these we're creating these cycles through our terrible habits that are going into our seed you know, that are going into our kids. And so I said, no, I said, no, I'm not doing it. And I put a stop to it. And I said, as many bad habits as I can remove, I'm going to remove. So I got rid of, so I beat a lot of stuff, dude. Um, I mean, I had a, I had a, (laughs) a challenging teenage career. You know, my dad, my dad ended up going to, um, into the care of the state when I was 11. My mom had to get a civil divorce from him when I was 12, just so that, you know, cause she, she wasn't able to handle the burden, financial burden really of what, of what it was, what was happening. And so, um, so they divorced when I was 12. And so from, you can imagine I'm the youngest of 10 kids. My, <laughs> my mom and dad, my mom's tired. Gosh, bless her heart, dude. My mom is such a saint. Like all of the stuff that she went through for us, it blows my mind. Right. But, and I, and I don't blame her for anything, right? I, I have nothing but love for her, nothing but admiration and respect for her. Um, but, you know, raising 10 kids, being the, being the last of 10, she was a little tired, you know? And like there was the, the expectation, the expectation that a parent has for a child, sometimes it wasn't there, you know? So I ran absolutely wild from like age, I was still pretty good. I mean, from about age 14 all the way up through 19 about. Yeah, high school. High school is when I started making those big bad boy steps. Dude, that freaking killed me. Those years killed me, dude. Um, had several run-ins with death. Was, was two steps, one step away from death multiple times. Drugs and alcohol absolutely killed me. They just destroyed me. I mean, I, <clears throat> one of the times I was, we were up sloughing school. Uh, we were up Neff's Canyon, just hiking around, playing around, smoking, drinking, just doing stupid shit. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I fall off, I fall off backwards off of a cliff. Oh, shit. Yeah. And dude, I just hit and luckily, um, I, I blacked out, like completely blacked out. And my friends are, they come down and like, you okay, bro? Like, you okay, dude? And it took me a while to wake up, but um, <clears throat> I could have easily died, 
you know? I get it. I was, I've was i been in the same similar situations. I was in a rollover accident in 120 miles an hour in a Porsche. Headlights and taillights, luckily, and it was a 1970-something Porsche. Was it due to drugs and alcohol and all this stuff? Or was it just... No, no. There was the one time we were sober. We were like 16 going on 17. Gosh. It was Martin Luther King Day. We spent the night at our friend's house. So we were coming back from being on base. And he was just like, look at the handling here. And I told him, I'm like, dude, I, please stop. And then right when he stopped, it started kicking sideways and picked up, rolled headlights and taillights all the way down oh the hill. Gosh. In the grass, luckily, and not on the concrete. And spun and up in the air and then like caught the caught the front end again and slid on the roof into a ditch. And like I saved a kid from going out the window because he flew the kid in the back seat. There's no back seat belts. Yeah. He flew, hit the windshield, flies back, hits that, goes forward again. So for me, I grabbed. I was like, oh fuck! So I grabbed his arm and I pinned him down and I dislocated my shoulder so gnarly that my arm was like a foot longer than the other because it kept bashing against. And my buddy just keep hitting his head on string. I was like, oh shit, the roof's gonna cave in. So I got it tucked down and I pulled my buddy with me uh, by his arm and just helped, like was trying to hold him down uh, while we're rolling. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how I thought of that. I seen him fly back, fly up, and I was like, oh shit, he's gonna end up going through that window. Cause he was aiming that way. Every time he came back, he'd get a little further in front of us. So I'm like, fuck. So when he went back that last time, I just grabbed him and I like tried to hold him down and pull him towards my center. So if the roof caves in, I'm not getting decapitated and he's not. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Why? And I have like, dude, we used to clap hands be getting to 18. Like, because yeah. I had guns pulled on me. I've been stabbed. Like, it's wild. Wild. It it's is. Wild. And you never realize how much of, uh, how many, like for people like us, some people live in a sheltered life and, you know, like, yeah, driving on the highway, you die too. But those are real situations where you're like, fuck, oh, yeah. people die for less. Yeah. People slip on this and smack their head on the table and they die. They don't fall off a fucking cliff or they don't get into a car accident and roll down a fucking hill. Yeah. So, dude, at that, at that time, like, so when I turned 19, I was like, all of this stuff's causing me pain. All of this stuff's causing me trouble. It's caused me nothing but trouble. It's caused me almost to die several times and had an experience. <clears throat> we can get into that another time. Yeah, we'll do a part two. But basically, yeah. anyways, what happened was I said, enough, no more. And I quit. I quit all drugs. I quit alcohol. Cold turkey. Just up and quit. Same. And it was like uh, age, uh, I did that at age 19. Great. That's great. And dude, I've been sober. I've been sober for 22 years, That's bro. That's a long time, man. 22, 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it, the thing was, is I knew it was causing me pain. And I knew it was causing my loved ones pain. My brothers and sisters it was causing them pain it was causing my mom pain my dad didn't know what was going on obviously but it was causing everyone around me significant amounts of pain wondering wondering is he gonna die is he gonna die is he gonna die you know and it was like that alone that that and we can get into the experience about how i got how i actually came to the conclusion and how it really was burned into me to really to be done with it, but it, um, <clears throat> short story or long story short is I quit all drugs and alcohol at 19, and I've been sober for 22 years. I don't touch it. I don't. I don't touch drugs. I don't touch alcohol. I don't touch any of it because, in my opinion, people who use drugs and alcohol are concerned about making themselves feel good but thinking very little about how it's affecting others. 
So, especially, in my opinion, dude. Especially in our culture. Yeah. Oh, Because if you have like a shaman or there's other ways to go about it, you have a ceremony, that's different than just yeah. you know, oh, yeah. blasting yourself of course. off. We're talking about recreational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay. So, yeah, recreational type stuff. Yeah. So, set and setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in my opinion, it's, it's selfish. 100%. And we get back to it, we get back to being willing to die for people, our, our family, our kids, you know, our family. But again, are we willing to live for people? Are we, li- are we willing to live for people, live for our, our family? And that's a question, dude, that just reverberates, man. It, it hits me. Are you living for yourself? Yeah. Or are you living for others? Do you have money for your kids or do you have money for cigarettes and alcohol? And that's where a lot of people, I see that with a lot of families, is that's where they, they don't realize it. They're, it's awareness. It's all awareness. What are you doing to make sure that that trauma stops? What are you doing to make sure that your kids don't have the same fucking bullshit excuses that you do? Exactly. And you give them, you actually give them the better chance. Yeah. So it's been a cool ride, dude. So the thing, the thing too is like, so anyways, yeah, I got, I got in shape, dude. I got fucking jacked. Still got, are. You got fucking <laughs> motherfuckers jacked. I got ripped. I'll put his uh, Instagram on, <laughs> on the show notes too. So. And, and from there I was like, okay, this is the fountain of youth. This is, this is living a better version of life. It's just living a better version of life. And I was like, you know what? And knowing there's always a little more that you can do. And that's part of the puzzle, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, Like, dude, I think people so get much. complacent in a certain area or they get stuck, like, in, in, in a, a mask of bodybuilding. And it's hard for them to switch. And it's the same. eventually it's the same concept as being an alcoholic. Yeah. Is if you're doing something that's making you injured or hurt and then you stay there. Like, I have friends and stuff that just walk on the Stairmaster day after day. But then they, they, when they go to squat or something like that, it's, it's different, but it's the same. And their back hurts and their body, they're like, they're like, oh, I can't do squats because of my lower back. And I'm like, and I explain to them what it is and they still do it day after day. You know, it's like, it just depends on the person. And there's always those things. It's the ebbs and flows of life. Dude, you know, you have yeah. to, it's the polarities. There is no good, there is no bad. There just is. You just got to make sure you're walking the path and you look at both sides of the street. Yeah. Well, dude, the thing I like about your approach to training and your approach to like functional uh, development of like your abilities and stuff is that you take a very whole approach and that's that's what what it's about I mean it's we talk about moderation in all things like I I believe moderation in all things except for poison moderation in all things except 100%. except for what's gonna kill you yeah exactly you know or things you can't get a grasp on even if yeah. it is caffeine or something you know yeah. like yeah if, if it's you're good until noon. Like for me, I'm speaking myself. I'm good until noon, but then I start getting those negative thoughts because the cap. It, I now I'm as tired as I would be because yeah. my adenosine receptors aren't blocked anymore. Yeah. So like I, yeah, moderation in all things, including moderation, except for stuff that's gonna kill you. You know, or that's really harming your yourself or your loved ones. Perpetual pleasure seeking. You're not seeing the long view. Yeah, you know, there's no room for that. In my opinion, there's no, no. room for it. Mm-mm. So, um, you're a microorganism and a macroorganism that's considered in a bigger macroorganism. You're not the center of the universe. Yeah, dude, we're living we're living as a collective, right? And that's just it too. It's like whatever goes out there in the collective consciousness, um, we either can be a positive impact on that or a negative impact on that. Yeah, so, we're either raising people up or bringing them down. Yeah, we're all the same humans, but we're not the same vibrational frequencies. Right, and that's where you got to figure out what the fuck you're doing. Yeah.
Dude, this has been awesome, Justin. Like, is there anything you'd like to say before uh, this will be the end of part one? Yeah. Um, if you want more of my story, you can see me at uh, BrianThomasLund.com. Um, you can see me at BrianThomasLund on IG. And I'll, uh, I'll put everything in the show notes, too, so you have a direct link to it. Um, just that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm just, dude, I'm just excited. Like, I'm, I'm just on fire, dude. I love, I love, I love life now so much more than when I did, than I did when I was 60 pounds overweight. Like, it's just, everything is so much more vibrant and And you like, have the emotional and physical strength now to pick up other people on the way. Help out where you I take, can, dude. You like take I'm, off that emotional weight vest and you're capable of that 500 pounds so you can take five people with you. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I wanna help wherever Everybody. I can, mm -hmm. wherever I can. I know there's a lot of dudes out there that don't know what to do, that don't, that don't have a training regimen, that don't have a nutritional blueprint, that don't have all of these things that will help them live this better version of life. They just, they just need a little help. And 100%. so any questions, that come up, dude. I'm just, I'm more than willing to help, you know. Yeah, reach. I mean, follow this guy. This guy's a savage. I love his page. It's great. He's the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen that can dunk a basketball <laughs> <laughs> in person. I'm sure there's an NBA players and stuff, but I'm not friends with them. Oh, that's fun, dude. But yeah, so this is part one. Uh, next Monday we'll be doing a part two, and we'll go. We'll pick up where we left off, and then we'll be moving forward. Uh, so once again, thanks, Brian. Dude, thanks for having me. Thanks for Love having you, me. Love you, man. Love you, bro. Thank you. And uh, we'll get into part two.